We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, the aftermath episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we have a lot to talk about tonight, but uh, the first thing I just wanted to get your take on real quick, you know, We'll get into all the, you know, what do you, where, what does it all mean now that we've had a night to sleep on it and all that stuff. But first things first, I wanted to see if you got a chance to check out what C.J. Stroud said post-game about his little incident with Alex Singleton and about, you know, I'm a man, uh, I'm not going to put up with that in my house, and I'm all about the business, et cetera. I'm going to stand on business. I did see that. Yeah. He also said, uh, I believe in his press conference that he uh, met up with Singleton after the game and he squashed whatever beef there was. He said it was all good between them. Uh, Two competitors going at it. He is mature. Stroud is in the sense that he realized he's going to get that call because he's a quarterback in the NFL. As we saw last night in the uh, Kansas City Green Bay game, they certainly favor quarterbacks, especially high profile quarterbacks. So not a huge deal in the post-game aftermath, but during the game, it's ticky-tack. I think the refs have a target on the Broncos' back, but Singleton has to know better in that situation. Yeah, and for what it's worth, Stroud did say, he closed his his remarks publicly at the podium saying basically that he's a good dude. He might have meant to slow down before he kind of ran into me and pushed me a little, but he didn't, so I had to respond. But that being, uh, be it as it may, Zach, it was also interesting to hear what Sean Payton said about the issue at hand. Uh, here's what he said Monday during this conference call with us in uh, local media. said, uh, defensively, we're off the field because, right, that situation, it's a fourth and two from the Broncos' seven-yard line. D'Amico Ryans is like, I don't really respect what Russ and Sean Payton's offense are, are going to do, so we're going to go ahead and go for it. And then it kind of backfires because they get the false start, which the whistle Alex Singleton doesn't listen to. The rest is history. So here's what Peyton said. Defensively, we're off the field. And in a red zone situation, we let a rookie bait us into a personal foul. That's four points, close quote. So I don't think from a poised perspective, Coach Peyton was too excited about that, Zach. But he did sound way more concerned about the communication issues plaguing his team. 
the communication issues, uh, two things that jumped out to me from his presser, whatever Zoom conference today, he talked about the protection or lack thereof that Russell Wilson had. And make no mistake about it, Russell Wilson was suboptimal against Houston. He missed too many throws. He missed too many open reads. But just like last year or even earlier this season, he was running for his life on like 90% of his dropbacks. And Sean Payton even said there's too much pressure coming from the right side. He didn't name any names, Chad, but I don't think he means uh, Quinn Miners at right guard. I think he's talking about Mike McGlinchey. And if you watch the tape, Will Anderson, the Texans rookie pass rusher, completely dominated your $87.5 million right tackle. It was horrible film to watch. But in this case, and this doesn't absolve Mike McGlinchey, it wasn't just McGlinchey, <clears throat> pardon me, that was uh, no. struggling in Houston. I mean, that final play that Russ threw the pick on, I mean, he's he's microwaved to make a quick decision that ultimately ended up being a bad one, flushed out of the pocket, pressured because of Garrett Bowles allowing yep. guys to get by. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where we were saying good things about this offensive line. They were steadily improving. And then you hit that outlier game. You're hoping anyway. You're hoping that was an outlier. And the next week. Uh, going into the Chargers, they're going to get their crap together. But, Zach, we got obviously a lot more to get to, including your super chat. We got to take care of one quick matter of business, though, and it's a great one, and it's already got my stomach grumbling. We want to remind you to make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, by the way, part of your game day. It is a massive staple at my house uh, basically every single week, but especially on football Sundays and any day the Broncos are playing. You order online. During our pizza pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. You choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Zach, either way, you win. Yeah, and there's so many Little Caesars to choose from, whether you want a meat lovers, whether you want a veggie pizza, whether you want thin crust, you want deep dish, any toppings, any sort of pizza artwork that you can fathom you can create it's definitely a winning combination speaking of winning everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's jump into the chat. Appreciate everybody's uh, patience. Thank you, Keith. You don't know the half of it, my dog. I even, they sent us one of these and I just, Zach, I haven't quite mustered up. In all honesty, I forgot about it until just now. For some pretty reason, comfortable, I actually. It. I'll give him that. I had it uh, folded up under something and I just remembered. But Keith, thank you, buddy. Uh, the Duchess from the top rope. Thank My you, goodness. Michaela. Thank you, Michaela, getting us rolling early tonight and helping us keep the lights on. This is just how you roll. Thank you. She says, we had a bad game. Still, we almost won. Here is your silver lining. Can you imagine if we had a complete game? I know, right? They're still scratching. They're still scratching the surface of this thing, Zach, which is uh, equal parts. It depends on how you look at it. As you guys know, I'm more of a glass half full type of guy. Exciting, encouraging. Or, Zach, you could look at it kind of from a little bit tonality-wise, how Sean Payton portrayed the communication issues today uh, during the conference call where he said, you know, it's kind of, it's obviously concerning. We're having these type of issues this late in the season, but I, uh, I feel very confident, <clears throat> pardon me, and optimistic even Zach, that because of the forgiving nature of this stretch run, these, these last few games on the schedule, I think the Broncos can and will bounce back. Me too. And uh, shout out Michaela. She had little Caesars pizza on Sunday. She said square crust is what she went with. So appreciate you supporting our sponsors and we hope it was good, Michaela. And you're right. I mean, can you imagine if the Broncos played a complete game yesterday? They probably would have won, but we saw, I think what a complete Broncos game looked like the week before in Cleveland or against Cleveland. That was a, a mostly team effort, a, a 60 minute complimentary effort. But my bigger thing, Michaela and Shad and everybody else can you imagine if the Broncos had nine more points? And what I mean by that, they lost by one in week one, two in week two, and five in yesterday's game. That's nine points separating them from what would be the division lead, the AFC West lead over Kansas City. That's what's gnawing at me right now, Chad. Well, not to not to rehash this again, but and David jumping in. Thank you, Papa Bear. Hashtag 11 and 6 Super Chat. You are the man. We appreciate you. We're twinners again today. Look at that, David. Uh, not to rehash it too much, but going back to the Alex Singleton, CJ Stroud incident, that ends up being a four-point swing, and that cost the Broncos. Yep. Uh, it came. Let's put it this way. It came back to haunt them because that four points, you get to that final possession of the game, the Broncos were well inside a field goal range for a while. They could have brought on the reigning AFC uh, special teams player of the month, kicked that field goal with time expiring, walked off winners. And that's when we hear Sean Payton talk about it. And obviously we we buy into this quite a lot. We've seen it. How thin the margins for error are in the NFL 
especially at this point when there's true stakes, you know, not to say there aren't stakes, Zach, in a run-of-the-mill regular season game, but in a game like that one yesterday where it's two teams basically neck and neck in the AFC playoff gauntlet and it's a playoff-like atmosphere, that's one of those games where really there is no margin for error. Those errors are going to cost you and it's going to be very difficult to overcome them, and that's how it came out in the wash. Very, very well said. Yeah, I, I pretty much have nothing more to add. It's just from a fan's point of view, from looking at it through your guys' eyes, through Broncos country eyes, it's one of those losses where I feel like, in my opinion, it's better to get blown out than lose like the Broncos did, coming within five points, coming within what, 10 yards. I'm under 10 yards of a game ceiling win, your sixth victory in a row. Very, very tough outcome, though the season's not over. They're not as far away, the Broncos are, as some people make it out to be after yesterday's defeat. Agreed. And I do understand the emotion of <clears throat> the disappointment, you know, everybody uh, throwing everybody under the bus, which is, I understand the disappointment, but hopefully we, we're back. We got some measured, including us on camera here. Yeah. Um, you know, the gut reaction is supposed to be emotional. It's supposed to be off the cuff. It's supposed to be a gut reaction. In the aftermath, we've had some time to, to sleep on it, work out our hormones, and be a little bit more measured, perhaps. George, this is, <clears throat> without a doubt, one of my, if not my favorite super chats that we ever get are those who jump in. I don't care if it's 99 cents, $1.99, whatever it might be, saying this is my first super chat, but I watch all the time with a nice little hashtag prediction here of nine and eight. So George, just want to say, thank you, big dog. Appreciate you. Don't be a stranger and uh, keep those comments and conversation. Help us keep that conversation going in the chat. Yeah. Welcome George. Appreciate you uh, joining the, uh, the huddle. So what were, if you have any sort of comments, questions, please uh, feel free to just fire off a regular, you know, chat doesn't have to be a super chat and we will make sure we get to you. Sam Bam, my brother. Thank you. It's very generous of you. Jumping in, saying, hey, guys, sorry it's been a while. No worries, dude. Tough loss yesterday, but it's nice to see the Broncos showing a lot of fight and having a chance to win. Hopefully they can bounce back against the Chargers and make a push for the playoffs. Go Broncos. That is another encouraging aspect of that game. You know, it's been mentioned a couple times, Michaela's, you know, to have some of these lapses allow uh, Houston's best players to shine. Like, the whatever plan the Broncos had to contain Houston's and limit Houston's best players it didn't work right Nico Collins goes off uh Tank Dell was having himself a day before he got injured CJ Stroud had himself a day was it like next level no and they did a good job limiting him in the second half but the first half he was looking like Patrick Mahomes all right uh then you allow Will Anderson to go off the chain and all that you have the lapses with Alex Singleton Russ's three interceptions against a quality opponent like the Texans you're not going to survive it, but in most cases, Zach, you're not even going to have a chance to survive it when the chips are down at the very end, and yet the Broncos did, and it took one last final gaffe shooting themselves in the foot to actually lose that game. So that should be highly encouraging. The teams that find ways to win, Zach, and then I'm serving this back to you, uh, ugly, right? Finding ways to triumph and prevail even when, you know, there are unique obstacles being thrown at you, whether you created them or not, is the mark of a good to great team. I think the Broncos are still on the, 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 you know, the margins of being a good team, not a great team yet, but it's encouraging. 
It is, and I'm not one for moral victories, but this is if this was played last season, the Broncos would have been blown out. It wouldn't have been close. They wouldn't have gotten that far down the field with a chance to win. So you definitely see the growth, but again, for me, it just falls so short of the Pat Boland standard that we're satisfied and content with the Broncos competing in a game they lost and rightfully or maybe should have won. the Texans are also the same team that lost to the Panthers. So they're not Kansas city. He's not Patrick Mahomes. The game was there for the taking and it just, the Broncos didn't capitalize. That's what's so frustrating about it, Chad. Adding to that frustration is this. I mean, we already talked about the individual stakes of this game, but it also coincides in a week where the the chiefs take a step back. It's like you had, you had a real chance to kind of make some, uh, leaps forward here that you just botched. Troy, my dog, so good to see you. Appreciate you, brother. He says, hey, guys, I swear, it seems like some are happier complaining about Russell Wilson to confirm their prior negative takes than they are to see a Broncos win. I don't get it. Have a great show. Yeah, you're always going to see stuff like that out there, Zach. My advice is uh, recognize it when you see it and save yourself the effort and don't waste your time trying to argue with someone who isn't doing so in good faith. They have a position they're seeking to defend, period, B- bottom line, end of story. And I think that's spoken from experience, Chad. I mean, that's what it sounded like, and I could speak from experience too. That's If you just give them the attention they're seeking, that's what fans the flames. Don't feed the trolls. Troy, you know more about the Broncos than anyone outside of Denver, any sort of national media member or troll or Russ hater, anyone coming from the Pacific Northwest that wants to talk about Russell Wilson in Seattle, meaning Seahawks fans. I mean, they're going to just troll and uh, continue at it, but you know the truth. But you have to also, and this is my problem, I've been a huge Russ proponent, Chad, but when he's suboptimal as he was in Houston, we have to look in the mirror and be honest with ourselves and say, listen, he threw three picks yesterday. Some of them were underthrown. Some of them were bad reads, but he also missed opportunities when he had time in the pocket. He was not great yesterday. He might not have lost the game, but he did nothing to help the Broncos win either. Uh, Ted, this is a great point. Thank you for the super chat, big dog. Much love and respect. He says, we were due for a bad Russ game. The takeaway is to taper off and an exciting finish that didn't go our way. I trust Sean Payton to keep the team poised. I mean, think about this. I don't want to make too much of this, but you're in week 13 and your quarterback throws a number. The the number of picks your quarterback throws nearly matches his entire season total. That is the sign of a quarterback who's been playing efficient ball, maybe not explosive. You know, Broncos fans, we all got kind of spoiled for those four years with Peyton Manning. That's not the status quo. And then we're eating our hearts out over the last seven years, seeing other teams like the Chiefs and others, Bills at times, the Dolphins at times, putting up similar type of Star Wars numbers to to quote Jim Irsay. But remember, you don't need to throw 55 touchdowns uh, to 5,500 yards, et cetera, uh, to win it all. In fact, the Broncos got close, but no cigar with that model. You need a model that looks a lot closer to how the Broncos actually won it in 2015 I would say airing a little bit closer, though, to the side of better passing uh, efficiency, but still really solid defense that plays well in critical moments, a productive, even if not dominant, Zach, a productive ground game and a savvy quarterback that's very good situationally. On You throw in like Joe uh, DeCamillis back in the day, 
a solid upper echelon special teams unit, that is a recipe for success. So I like where the Broncos are at, but I think a lot of, for, for a lot of Broncos fans, Zach, they got spoiled thinking about the old days and remembering the old days and everyone's eating their hearts out with, with uh, envy of what's what they're seeing. Keep your expectations where they need to be relative to Russ and you won't be as disappointed when things don't go your way. Yeah, and that was my thing, too. I wanted the Broncos coming into this game to push the ball downfield more. I was very happy with the way Russ was playing. The Broncos were winning. It was a successful formula, but I wanted to see the offense crank it up because I felt it was there for the taking. And if you watch Russ's picks, I mean, on one that the scene, I think it was to Sutton, he had the right read. He made the right decision. The ball was just underthrown. There was a deep shot to Marvin Mims that wasn't called PI, even though Mims was almost tackled before the ball got there. That was underthrown. If that was thrown correctly, that's a touchdown for Mims. So they had the right idea. They just didn't execute it. And the last uh, play, the last pick into the end zone intended for Lucas Kroll, which underscores the need for the Broncos to have a playmaking tight end. I've been saying this for weeks. They cannot keep getting by on the Lucas Krolls and the Adam Troutmans, but that was what Sean Payton said it was, chaos. It, it was just, they had the right intention. They had the wrong way of going about it. Very, very well said. And I would love to have seen Kroll uh, be, you know, become the defender a little bit more in that situation. And, might have been asking too much with his leverage. I mean, he was up in the air, and it's hard to, uh, you know, anchor to become that. But I think he could have tried a little bit harder going and recognizing, Zach, oh, crap, this is about to be picked off. I'm a defender now. Live to fight one more down. But he's young, and yes, the Broncos are dying for tight end impact in the passing game. We've got the ronk in the house with us. Uh, It's so good to see you, bro. Hope you're doing well. And appreciate everything you do for us, Mike. You are a prince, and we love having you here on the Aftermath episode, big dog. Um, Lawrence Rivera jumping in with some stars on Facebook. Thank you, buddy. Says, what's up, everyone? New job was a breath of fresh air. Well, congrats on that. Says, that I definitely needed. New year, new job, new Lawrence. Uh, And then he says, this Marshawn Lynch, I think Marshawn Lynch uh, will come back for one more run. I kid. Do you think? no man, that dude's that dude's old now. Well, what year did he come out? Was it 07? Uh 06? I'd have been before 07, that. 05, something like that. Long time ago. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, Let's see, born in 86. Yeah, 07, first round, pick 12. So uh, he's 37. You know, Willis McGay, he played well for the Broncos as his teeth got quite long down, you know, toward the end there. But 
Anyway, Phil, down in Tucson, proving Broncos country, not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. We love and appreciate you so much, Phil. It says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. One of those games that everything bounced the other way. Also, the O-line regressed. Secondary allowed too many big plays. Special teams were not playing well. Turnovers went the other way. Put it behind us and move on. Buck them. Go Broncos. MHH for life. Yeah, it's worth mentioning two things real quick here, Zach, and then I'm serving it over to you. Uh, Scott's observation that uh, a couple of big drops that C.J. Stroud had as a passer, and he ends up going for 375 yards, multiple tutties probably in the game is well out of reach for the Broncos. So, you know, it does cut both ways, but um, Sean Payton also lamented today, the other thing here, Zach, some free rushers on their pump protections and stuff like that. Like, you know, it was just one of those games where – so how do you explain it? This team, Zach, that has been very buttoned down, executing at a high level – Again, not blowing the doors down statistically outside of the takeaway phenomenon, the 15 takeaways in, in four games, but playing just very poised and gathered football in critical moments, it made the difference. And then all of a sudden, all of those factors kind of evaporate. How do you explain it? Because to me, it's the mark of a team that kind of began resting on its laurels just a little bit, believing its own press clippings. Yeah, I mean, the my thing is like the other team gets paid too. And I don't want to discount how good CJ Stroud played or how good the defense played, Will Anderson, how good D'Amico Ryan's coach. They deserve that win yesterday. So it was a situation, and I predicted a victory for the Broncos. I mean, full disclosure, I thought yeah, they would win this too. game. I think you did as well, Chad. Yeah. But you can't expect them to win them all. At some point, they were going to hit another speed bump. They're still a team that's learning to win. And that was the first five game winning streak they had in eight years since 2015. So it was bound to happen at some point. The wheels were going to fall off, but it seems like with the Broncos, it's not just one wheel that falls off or two wheels. It's all four and the axle and the suspensions. And it's just, uh, it's a bad time. That's a, that's an apt way, <clears throat> apt way to put it. Colby, the triple C in the house. Thank you, buddy. He says, I'm still sick to my stomach about this game. Jonathan Cooper not getting that fumble and four tries at the end should have ran it, uh, should have ran it a few times. Um, you know, that last thing is a lament we heard last night about why didn't they try running it? I mean, Russell Wilson uh, post game said a lot of his logic. He didn't throw it away. That was the right thing to do, but said a lot of his logic for uncorking the ball on that last pick was. He knew they didn't have time to take a sack. If they took a sack, it was over. And so, you know, he ended up throwing it inside uh, the bounds of, of play instead of just – he should have just thrown it away, Zach. But if you run the ball, um, the Broncos just have sucked. They've been literally terrible at running the ball uh, inside the red zone. So I don't fault them too much for not trying it because of that fact and the kind of game flow and where they were at uh, at the end of the game. I'll tell you what I would have liked to see. I, I agree. I'm, Sean Payton left a lot to be desired as a play caller, I thought, yesterday. That was one of my takeaways from re-watching the game. If anything, I thought he made the correct decision based on the way he used his timeouts and the way the final drive went. You had to take shots into the end zone through the air. The only thing I would have liked to see that would have might have been a curveball for Houston is a designed Russell Wilson sneak kind of like how Jalen Hurts beat Buffalo a few weeks back in overtime that game just you catch the defense off guard and Russell Wilson earlier in the game he had a little design sneak off the left side that went for about 13 I think that could have worked and if you don't get it you can still spike it 
or no, you couldn't, but still it maybe would have warranted a shot. But I do think Sean Payton made the right decision going for the gusto. And if you rewatch the last play, Chad, Russ got away from him, immediate pressure. Some guy was hanging on to his jersey. He he stepped up, but he rushed that throw. I don't know why. If he just wait, would have waited one or two more seconds, maybe somebody else would have broken open, and it would have been easy six. I'd also would have loved to have seen Russ. Uh, I'd rather him chance actually trying to advance the ball himself. You go, oh, well, it's equal to a sack. It would have been risky, but I would have rathered him uh, rather him have done that than the decision he ultimately made, which, albeit was under duress. Keith, my brother, much love. He says, I really thought this was the week that the offense would break out, but we took a step back. What will be the highest point total the Broncos put up this season? Yeah, that's a good question. And, hey, uh, you're not alone on that. I mean, we were all kind of feeling here at MHH and a lot of the, the national – uh, perspective on the Broncos in this instance. We're really feeling like the stars were aligning for the Broncos offense, especially the passing game, to finally kind of come out of its cocoon against the Texans, and it didn't shake out. Zach, I'll let you answer this with the knowledge that the uh, highest point total the Broncos have scored thus far was the 33 uh, they scored against the Commanders in the, the Week 2 loss, which was then... Uh, the second highest was then week four, the first win of the season. The Broncos scored 31. So do you want to give a, an answer to, to Keith? That's what I was going to say. I feel like the Broncos might have might have already scored the most points they're going to score in any game this year. If you look at the last five opponents, maybe Detroit, they have a chance to score, you know, 38-40, maybe a 40-burger because it could be a shootout and Detroit's defense is not playing well lately. But the Chargers, they just uh, held New England to zero. I know it's not a big barometer holding that new England offense in check, but then they play new England, the Broncos do, and they held Herbert to two field goals in a six, nothing loss. So I think maybe Detroit, depending on how the game flow goes, they could have a chance to put up some points, but the way they're playing kind of ugly football, running the ball, defensive oriented, it might not be a case where they hit 30 again, but who really cares if they win? They got to get that communication thing figured out, though, <clears throat> because you saw how it cost them on the final possession and especially the last play. Guys going like this. And I think that probably plays a role in my critique of Lucas Kroll as well, Zach, saying, hey, play a little bit more of a defender when you started that snap going like this. Like, literally, if you watch the replay, they're going like, huh, what are we doing? Yeah. Sean Payton called it chaos. Obviously, a communication issue there. Also on defense. Dude's running free, wide open, clear communication issues. You got to tamp that down now, get to the bottom of that. Miguel, bro, love you. He says, What's up, fellas? Denver may have been riding a little too high on that win streak. Go back out and prove that was a fluke game. Agreed, my friend. I just think that, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard, Zach, to guard against um, complacency when you have that sustained a, a period of success and uh no no coach has really ever been able to fully successfully guard against it with unless you want to count you know the 72 dolphins going fully undefeated back when this the season wasn't as long or you could even say you know the patriots that year they they went 18 and one etc yeah 18 and one uh it is something that you got to guard against as a coaching staff, but you also have to recognize too, Zach, that at a certain point, something's going to give. The other side gets paid too, and this was just one of those games. 
Yeah, and it's not like it, it was the the Christmas game against the Rams last year where the Broncos just had no effort, no fight, and it looked like they never got off the bus to go into the the, the stadium. They competed and they competed pretty hard. And again, if this was Hackett's Broncos or maybe Fangio's Broncos, it wouldn't have been such a close final result. And uh, maybe they it would have got blown out. It would have been uglier. But that's my thing as well. I can't take much solace in a loss because the Broncos arguably should have won this game without the turnovers and they had the chance on the final drive. If, if it wasn't chaos on that final play, the Broncos put themselves in a position to win, but now they got to shake it off. And like you were talking about yesterday, Chad, we'll find out more about Denver this week than we would if they would have won another game because adversity is what molds a team together or tears one apart. And I don't think Sean Payton will let it tear them apart. Amen to that. That was very, very well said. And I just realized uh, I got to fix a little something there in my background. The book margin is like looking like, you know, the HBO intro. When you turn on Sopranos, it's like, (laughs) see that? Uh, Miguel, you're a prince. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, Okay. Want to grab this from the Duchess with a second super chat. Love you. She says, Singleton was like me with two uh, Dopio Expressos. I don't know what that word is. I'm not much of a uh, Java nerd i do drink a cup of coffee uh in the morning but uh he's a little too jacked up right a little too excited a little too jolt 45 so to speak yeah i mean that's like me with like cuban coffee or cappuccino i totally understand you michaela and you know you want that type of player on your defense you need that spark plug you need that enforcer and i'm happy that singleton has like grown and embraced that role but if the referees are constantly looking your way you got to just keep your head in that moment even if you're baited you got to look the other way and walk away uh there's also one topic or comment she she brought up about did anyone think we would make a playoff the playoffs uh in year one and you know when this before the actual season started zach um yeah i was i was optimistic that this would be at least a competitively relevant team right now and although it sure didn't unfold the way i kind of expected it to turns out that they are we talked a lot about us feeling optimistic zach about the broncos making the playoffs before the season started and then this thing opened one and five. And I will tell you right now, I've, I, you, if, I'll remind you that I said, hey, I'm off the rust train after that week five loss, the humiliation of Hackett getting his revenge and just how bad Russ looked in that particular game. I was like, look, I'm, I'm kind of off the bus on saying Russ is the, uh, the, the once and future king, meaning like he's not the guy necessarily going to take uh, us to the promised land now. And I, I just don't think he's going to be the guy in the future. But things change. This this team evolved, what has, went on an amazing run, and put itself back plus 500. Insane. Still at 500 now at 6-6. Six and six. So the long-winded way of saying, Zach, that after that 1-5 start, I did not foresee any possibility whatsoever of this team making the playoffs. But then you all, you won that possibility back. And it's hard to let go of it now, Zach. 
No, that wasn't long-winded. That was exactly what I was going to say. If you would have told me three, four months ago the Broncos would be 6-6 six and six right now on December 4th, I'd be like, eh, well, I guess it's what I figured. If you would have told me that after 1-5, and five, I would have said you're on crack because no way I would have believed that. It's it's very fluid, and you know, I had my prediction. I think it was 11-6, Chad. I think you were 12-5, 11-6, somewhere in that range, 10-7, whatever. So – under that, we assumed the Broncos would sneak in, but we weren't banking on it. We didn't know how this team would respond to Sean Payton. We don't know how what Sean Payton's coaching style would look like, Russell Wilson would look like. So it's changed the expectations over the course of the year, and that's why it's been so exhausting. It's felt like four or five seasons in one, and we still have five games left to go. So I agree with you, Chad. You know, at one and five, I thought it was 0%. Then they won five straight. I'm thinking, okay, it's looking pretty good. Now I'm thinking, well... They have to win out and get some help. They don't control their own destiny anymore, and it's looking you know, a little grim in that department. George, appreciate you, my friend. He says, I want to tell you that this is the best pod for any team. Ah, oh, thank you, buddy. Thanks for all you do, he says, for those of us not in Denver. Denver Bronx for life, MHH for life. Hey, hashtag state of being, big dog. Claude jumping in with some love, saying go Broncos. Yes, indeed. A lot of, a lot of season left to be played. Uh, Gina, the mini Coopster, as she goes by on Twitter, jumping in saying, uh, Monday motivation, MHH, no worries on the loss, guys. Let's brush it off. Learn from those costly mistakes and keep going. Plenty of football still left. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. That's a that's a, a sentiment I think we both echo. Ken and HB. Oh, he hates that song. Uh, well, okay. For guys wondering what the heck we're talking about, when Ken and HB, thank you for the super though, big dog, started super chatting, and I'm like, oh, Ken and HB. It reminded me of one of my favorite old school punk bands called Di, and they had a song. They're from Huntington Beach, California, where this uh, great man resides as well. Uh, and they had a song called I Hate Surfing in HB. And it's just one of many songs D.I. has that, that are great. He doesn't like it, though. So fair enough. You're an HB. I think they were complaining in that song about kind of like, you know, I don't know, in the 80s. It's an old song about trendy, it being trendy to surf. And, you know, the cool kids aren't just the, it used to be just the cool kids would surf. Now everyone's trying to surf. So now I hate surfing in HB. That was kind of the, the topic. But Ken. Appreciate you, big dog. Thank you, Ken. We got Kendrick Ware, 999 Super. Thank you so much, Kendrick. So good to see you. Uh, what's up, my guys? Tough game yesterday. Too many chances and not, and not enough execution. Missed catches, turnovers, guys out of control, and not mentally understanding what's at stake. Got to win out. 
hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, I, again, I don't see Kendrick, a team that no-showed in Houston. I don't see as bad as I saw at 1-5 or anything we saw under Nathaniel Hackett. You, you, it, it's unrealistic to expect the Broncos to win every game, and they ran into a surging team that was mostly healthy and they took advantage of it. It was a tough road game. It was a 1 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Mountain kickoff, and Sean Payton was asked about that today. He said it would be an easy out, an easy excuse to make, but the Broncos traditionally never play well in that time slot. It was just a, a bad matchup for Denver. It was another loss. They're still 6-6, six and six, and five more games left to go. I mean, Kendrick, I've seen some people say that, uh, you know, chalking up that performance – Pearl, so good to see you. Appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. I've seen a lot of people uh, chalk up the performance yesterday, not so much to like, you know, they weren't ready for the opportunity or like the way I've explained it uh, a lot, being that they were buying into their own press clippings, et cetera. But rather people say, no, this was a this was a team that was pressing too hard. They were trying too hard. They were all kind of nervous about the stakes. Um so I don't know. I'm not sure I, I 100% agree that they didn't understand the stakes, but I will meet you on this level, Kendrick, my friend, because we we respect your opinion 100% here at MHH. And that is that, you know, that particular game, the stakes were elevated. The Broncos, uh, I'm sure, had been drilled into them in their meetings, kind of what was on the line. And they just botched it. They screwed, they, they screwed the pooch. For me, Zach, it's still the most uh, Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is likely the right one, yeah. is that they just got a little too complacent buying into their stuff, resting on laurels, and that never that, – that always comes out to back to, to, to haunt a team. It's also tough when it's you versus the other team you're playing and the referees. And I'm not, I'm not one to blame officials. If you guys have listened to me for years now, you guys know I'm not one to blame the referees. But it's an established pattern this season where the Broncos are just not getting the calls from the Zebras in their favor. The Singleton one was egregious. They had a few more as well. The missed pass interference on Marvin Mims. I mean, that's textbook PI and it wasn't called. It's just, it really sucks. Uh, Michaela Israel and her boy Coop checking in. Good to see you both tonight. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're still getting straight A's Coop making your mom proud, my friend, but it's great to see you both. Um, Okay, where are we at? We're at about 36 minutes. Guys, we're doing okay on time, but we are getting on onto the uh, back nine of tonight's show. So any burning topics that you might have, get it in the chat. We will get to it. Uh, just keep uh, – sorry, I didn't mean to click on that. Just keep punching. We love you. I got – but I did click on it. So let's, next year, can you imagine uh, – oh, I, I can never interpret sh uh, Scott's hand signal. I stuck at this. Uh, in this offense with Sean Payton, that will give me some Drew Brees vibe. Oh, J.J. McCarthy. I see, I see, I see. Uh, Nick Hale, bro, thank you for being with us tonight. He says, Chad and Zach, just a quick observation that I've noticed in Broncos' losses is that the score at the end of the game has been close and we had our chances to win. This is where we've got to start fast and begin with a big lead. Thoughts? Yeah, so two things real quick, Zach. The only game I can think of this year that the Broncos were never in it was the Dolphins game. That, that one, throw it out. to outlier. It's a weird game. Everything else. Uh, in all their losses, they have been uh, within striking distance. 
And um, the ironic thing, Nick, about Sunday's game is that over that five-game winning streak, the Broncos had surprisingly really done quite well at not starting poorly. Was it always a like phenomenal start? Not necessarily, but like getting points on the first couple of drives, they were doing really well with that. Our complaint was third quarter. You know, our, our complaint was, hey, stop just it, it being first quarter and fourth quarter. Can we get a little something in between? And then yesterday, out of the blue, Zach, two, three and outs to open the uh, the entire game, which is why, in part, D'Amico Ryans wasn't even tripping to have just nursing a 3 nothing lead at the bottom of the first quarter. He's like, yeah, keep him out there on fourth and two, the Alex Singleton uh, play, et cetera. So really bizarre. I mean, they got to figure out some of these inconsistencies, this janky kind of um, back and forth, and for whatever reason, man, oh, and a, oh for 11 on third down. Ugh. You're an NFL team. Come on now. That is unacceptable, beyond unacceptable, and it has to change. I mean, you're not going to beat a high school team going 0-11, much less a, a quality AFC opponent. Um, Sean Payton, though, talked about today something we've been speculating for a few weeks as to the slow starts in the second half, the third quarter. He was talking about maybe changing the script up, and that's the theory that we have. They're such a scripted team in the first half, and they're on their game, and they're good, but when the second half rolls around and they're kind of freestyling, that's when things slow down, and the players are acknowledging it. Sean Payton is obviously aware of their drought in the third quarter, and I look for that, or at least I hope that changes this coming week against the chart. It has to. It has to. Amen. I went and looked back to see if uh... – Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints had ever faced uh, Brandon Staley. Obviously not as a head coach, although his first year as head coach of the Chargers was 2021, but the, the Saints didn't play him. And then he had one year as a coordinator in 2020 for the Rams. I'm looking back here to see if they faced him, the Rams. And it doesn't look like the, the Saints faced the Rams. So this is a first time that Sean Payton will draw Brandon Staley, Zach, for what it's worth. But it's a Fangio philosophy, and that is something that obviously uh, Payton has a high regard for. He tried to make Vic Fangio the D.C. in Denver here. Um, I, I think he'll have some plans for it. Michaela jumping in again. Zach, you're right. He looks like me every week. We play two opponents. Zach, you're right. He looks like me every week. We play two opponents, the team we face and the Zebras. Yes, indeed. Well said. Sorry, I was I had to read that one twice, Duchess. But Zach, it, it's again. I'm not going to get bogged too much down into the the referee talk. The Broncos have to be better and not turn the football over and put themselves in a position where the referees don't matter. I mean, that's the ideal. But the thing with the Chargers, all they got to really do is let the Chargers charger. And that's what Brandon Staley does best. He implodes. He loses games. He should win. If the Broncos can keep it close in the fourth quarter, I have confidence. They will come away with a much, much needed W. A couple of interesting comments here as we kind of start winding it down. Uh, love this from Lawrence Rivera. Did you hear Zach Wilson doesn't want to start for Nathaniel Hackett? Um, Zach, you should uh, clue everybody into the conversation that you and Scott were having when I hopped into the green room before we went live because there might be a lot of Broncos fans that aren't aware of that. Florio thing and the and the uh, the Rosenblatt tweet that we can get to. 
Well, basically Mike Florio of uh, PFT, never the biggest uh, Broncos or Sean Payton sympathizer. He had a column today pretty much talking about how maybe what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett all those months ago before the season was actually correct, and he's a pretty crappy offensive coach. And then Scott showed me a tweet before we went live tonight um, from Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets. The tweet says, uh, true media's database goes back to 2000, so it's out of 766 teams. And the Jets in 2023 have the worst offensive EPA per play of all of those teams. How does that tie into Zach Wilson? Well, the Jets were forced to play Broncos legend Trevor Simeon in their most recent game. They tried Tim Boyle. They tried Zach Wilson. And nothing is really changing. They want to go back to Zach Wilson. And the report that came out said Zach Wilson was reluctant to step back in to a starting role. I don't know how much I believe that. I don't cover the Jets, Chad, so I'm not that intimately familiar with the scuttlebutt. But if I was Zach Wilson, I can't blame him for feeling that way. He was the scapegoat from what what went wrong. Is he a good quarterback? No, but there are other issues on that team, namely the coaching staff that were looked over and then he became the meme, almost like Russell Wilson in Denver last year. So I... I to go back into a situation where you're not going to make the playoffs, you're going to get booed mercilessly. It's a no-win scenario. You're risking your health knowing you're not going to be with the Jets next year and all of that to play for Nathaniel Hackett. I'd be reluctant too, just saying. So real quick, the Rosenblatt tweet, to just recap what Zach said, True Media's database goes back to 2000. There are 766 teams, and the Jets have the worst offensive EPA per play of all of them. Some of you, in fact, I'm sure many of you are going, what is EPA? What is the EPA stat? It stands for expected points added, and it is a commonly used advanced uh, metric or you know analytic, whatever, for football. Basically, what it means is it's a stat that measures how well a team performs all right, compared to its ex- expectation on a play-by-play basis, and that's where the Jets right now are the worst since the statistic became a thing so uh oops sorry scott go ahead and rock that uh so yeah kendrick my friend number two love you man thank you says let the chargers charger theme of the week hashtag mhh for life yes indeed yes indeed that is uh apt i mean i'm i'm shocked zach that to be frank with you that brandon staley lasted for a third year uh let alone even like this deep in i guess you know, if I was that owner and I know that this is a dead man walking, I'm going, hey, I, I know our playoff hopes aren't completely dashed yet. And so this is what he's probably thinking. Our playoff hopes aren't totally dashed yet, so I'm going to stay the course until they are. All right. But the, 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 the 4D chess way of viewing that is, hey, I'm going to pull the plug now, hoping that that'll be a little bit of a momentum thing because I know this guy's not lasting beyond this season. Look what similar things have done for – other uh, decisions like this have done for other teams, specifically in our own division of late uh, the last few years relative to the to the Raiders. Yeah, Rich Basaccia, that's the point I was going to make. And, and maybe I think it's too late now. Sealy will be coaching uh, Sunday's game. But that, again, Kendrick, it's true. That's been the theme with a Brandon Sealy coach. There's all the talent in the world in Los Angeles. And that's been even going back to the Marty Schottenheimer, Philip Rivers days. They've had all the talent. They could just never execute. And I think they have a tad bit overrated of a quarterback there in Los Angeles. Chad, that's just my opinion though. I'm being mum on that topic because 
I was the guy that was like not really into Herbert as a prospect coming out. I thought his his draft stock was a little inflated. And then, you know, he's had a couple of different runs since he's been a pro where I'm like, nah, dude, this guy's the truth. I'm going to keep my mouth closed on that front. And I'll echo Scott in saying, you know, things aren't looking so good for the OC there moving forward as far as his outlook and uh, in the NFL. But Patrick, I want to I want to bring this back to the Broncos. Patrick, appreciate you, my friend. He says, Russ just needs to throw to Judy on some plays without going through his progressions and trust he will get open. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of, I don't want to use an absolute and say any of, but we haven't seen a lot, Zach, of Russ throwing into the future per se, where mm-hmm. like you used to see this obviously quite a lot with Peyton Manning with standard operating procedure where, you know, he'd hit that back foot and whether it was his first read, second read, third read, he wasn't really seeing it per se. I mean, he would know more often than not if it wasn't there, but he's thrown into the future based on his trust in his his receiver winning his matchup, his belief in what the defense is that he saw pre-snap and on and studied on film, and based on the timing that they had practiced so much on those plays, you don't really see a, that much of it from Russ. You do, we have seen it, like for example, that throw he made uh consecutive, right? The first one gets picked off over the middle to, to Sutton, and then he does it again on the next possession, and it's a beautifully thrown ball. You know, if he would just trust situations a little bit more, especially with Judy, I think Patrick's right on this. He's being ignored too much in this game plan. Obviously, the the bromance is back and alive, you know, between Russ and Sutton. He, that, that was kind of a force-fed thing that yeah. felt a little artificial last season, and it ended up dying on the vine, and Judy became the guy. But then all of a sudden, it's back with a vengeance this season, and it's worked really well for the Broncos. But Judy's been basically forgotten in the progressions. So I echo you on this, Patrick. I think you hit the nail on the head though. You said that Russ trusts Sutton. I don't think he trusts Judy because even if Judy got open, can you trust him to actually catch the ball? I mean, that's been his biggest bug. Elizabeth Cortland Sutton, he has been dominating the catch point this year, including the spectacular uh, long touchdown grab he had in yesterday's game. I don't think Judy offers the same safety blanket or assurance if you're a quarterback like Russell Wilson. And it seemed like the Sean Payton offense, when they simplified it, they really cut it in half. It became a two-read system, a two-read per-play kind of um, um, playbook. And if that first read is taken away, that first read is usually Cortland Sutton. If that second read is taken away, he doesn't look to Judy's side too often. Though if you there's a video circulating on social media of Judy who got wide open. Russ didn't even look at him and he is going insane and his body language is not great. Yeah. Very reminiscent of KJ against the Falcons mm-hmm. last yes, year. Uh, Patrick saying Aloha Priest and Scott playoffs look distant, much more fun to watch this year though. I guess that's the silver lining buck them all. That's right. That's we'll make a, a Broncos Metallica cover record and we'll call it buck them all. <laughs> Um, all right, we got one more super chat, guys, and then we're wow, we're about you. out of here. A very generous one from the Lady D, as she is known around these parts. Love you, Deanna. Thank you so much. She says, we will win next week. I believe in our team. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Deanna, you're awesome. Thank you, Deanna. If there's one you know thing to, to rest our hopes on, if the Broncos have not been good in the division in the last – five years, whatever. 
if there's one team they've consistently at least split with, it has been Los Angeles. And they know now there's no margin for error. They pretty much have to win out their AFC games. They can maybe lose the Detroit game, but you got to go flawless in your AFC matchups. It starts Sunday at LA. I do think Deanna, they will rebound. Scott, thank you. My subconscious still like, I think Matt Ryan and I think Falcons, it was the Colts, the KJ thing. Um, I just want to grab this one comment from uh, Je- from Jeremy, and then we'll dip on out of here. Appreciate you, Jeremy, my friend. He says, we need to stop with the all-or-nothing mentality when it comes to the playoffs. We are in year one of the Peyton build, and things are heading in the right direction, playoffs or not. That's a nice little reminder. Playoffs are still on the table, still a, a mathematical possibility. Would have been closer to maybe a probability <clears throat> they win that game yesterday, but it's still mathematically a, a possibility hovering somewhere. Zach, last I checked, around like twenty percent. Um, that's a that's that's a chance I think almost any team will take that start at one and five entering week fourteen. But even if the Broncos, Zach, don't make the playoffs this year, and it's all for naught, so to speak, this year, I echo what Jeremy's saying here that this last uh, stretch. I think regardless of how this season ultimately pans out has been case in point evidence that the Broncos are on the right path. They made the right decision, hiring the right coach. We might still after this season have plenty of questions about Russell Wilson and what to do at the quarterback position, but we know it's an adult back in charge. Things are moving in the right direction. Give this guy a couple of full drafts. Give this guy a couple of off seasons and wait to to see what happens. Yeah, well said. I think the measuring stick for anyone is one question, and it's subjective. Everyone's answer will be different, but if the season ended today, would it be considered a success? And my answer is yes. You took down KC. You went on a five-game winning streak, beating the best teams. Like you said, Chad, an adult, a competent coach is back in charge. Russell Wilson has looked better. The offense has looked better. Even VJ is coming around. So, yeah, we would all want to see the Broncos sneak in as improbable and a storybook as that may be. But even if they don't, if they go 9-8 and eight and they miss out on the tournament, that, to me, would be a very successful year one for Sean Payton. The Ronk closing things out for us thank you mike we love you big dog a couple of just shout outs here for people who have been very active in the chat tonight that we just haven't had a chance to get to uh like david vasquez todd ostendorf ryan thompson colin wood um we even had a a check-in from benjamin flores just a lot of great conversation happening and we just love to see it it's part of what made william hayes Part of what makes this just so uh, addictively fun and edifying for us. So thank you guys. Don't dip quite yet, though. A couple of quick messages. And when we leave these messages with you, please, they might come off as rote at times because we do this every night. But guys, we need you. These are calls to action. They're not just messages. So please listen up. It's an important note. I'm happy you said that, Chad. If you haven't done so, please follow us on X. Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. 
Chad at Chad and Jensen. I'm at Kellerman NFL and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some MHH merch like we're rocking each and every single freaking day, check out MHHmerch.com and get you some. Also, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you haven't done so, go on Apple Podcasts and make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, this is the most important, the most crucial. Three quick things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really does help us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Much love and respect to our great Super Chat superstars and supporters on Facebook and YouTube tonight. Uh, We start with the Duchess, Michaela Parker, Sam Bam, David McElrath, George Brown, Troy, Ted, Ken and HB, Kendrick, the Lady D, Miguel, Lawrence, Phil, Mike, the Ronk, the Triple C, Colby, George, Claude, Keith, Gina, much love and respect, Seriously, thank you guys so much. And Zach, before we dip, uh, there is a quick question. You had this right up for us. Yeah. If you would uh, quickly answer this for Phil, sure. and then we'll bid everybody adieu. Absolutely. I mean, I don't feel, I don't know about Dulcich. He's still working off to the side field, and I feel like um, they're going to be safer than sorry with that hammy. But with Danucci, I have the article as Chad talked about, Sean Payton talked. He was asked about it today, why they promoted Danucci on Saturday from the practice squad to the 53, even though he was inactive and he was ineligible from being in the emergency third quarterback behind Russell Wilson and Jared Sidham. And basically, they wanted to give Danucci a game check. It was a reward for the work he's put in on the practice squad. And uh, Peyton called him a, develop- a developmental player that we see being here pretty much beyond this season. So it was just a nice little gesture from the Broncos to Danucci. And who knows? They might have something in old Gucci, Chad. Indeed. Um, appreciate you, Phil. And guys, one last thing <clears throat> as a shout out, a special shout out to the first timer tonight, George Brown. I know I mentioned you earlier, but thank you, buddy. Don't be a stranger. And with that, uh, we're out of here. We'll see you guys on Thursday night where we will do the Jersey raffle for the month of November. So you can all look forward to that. And then don't forget tomorrow morning, you got Broncos for breakfast plus building the Broncos Tuesday night, mile high insiders Wednesday night. Then we're back on on Thursday. Have a great start to your week, y'all. We'll see you Thursday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off.
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.